Since we're speaking different languages, why not, you know, it's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Would you join somebody's hand, please? We're going to get right into the word of God. Would you just join somebody's hand? Let's agree together as the people of the Lord. Father, thank you for your goodness, your kindness, your not just mercies, but your tender mercies. I quite frankly don't know why you put up with us, but I'm glad you do. Your love is truly unconditional. Sung the song, we've sung the song all of our lives, but truly your grace is amazing. It is amazing. You knew we needed help. And you sent us your son. Didn't have to. But you wanted to. You convened a corporate board meeting in the heavens. You said somebody's got to go. Who'll go? Who'll go for them? And the son said, I'll go. left his place in glory at the right hand of the Father to die for us. Thank you. We needed a Savior. We needed to be rescued. We needed deliverance. We needed wholeness. We needed healing. We needed the anointing to break every yoke in our lives. And we are looking to you even this morning, trusting you, leaning on you, relying upon you. unashamedly, unashamedly, yes, we are crippled without the cross. Unashamedly, we need the cross. We need the blood. We need your grace. Unashamedly, our claim the flame is that old rugged cross. Unashamedly, Call me weak if you want to, but I'm strong in him. Hallelujah. Unashamedly, you are our strength. Unashamedly, you're our sanctuary. 
unashamedly. You are our deliverer, unashamedly. You are our healer. You are portion, unashamedly. We find our strength in you. For we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to all who believe. So have your way, have your way, have your way in our midst. Let your grace flow, let let your love flow, let your power flow. That we will never be the same that not because I'm here, but because you're here. That you will use all of us in your presence, even this day. Thank you for signs and wonders and miracles and healings which follow the word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, would you go ahead and distribute the notes, please, quickly. We're going to talk about the God of the beyond. God of the beyond. You need the notes. When I come to town, you need a handout. So you can track with me. And uh, they'll be distributed right now. If you want to hang out today in the presence of the Lord, and that's if, that's a big if. Um, but the second service, I already know, is going to be a prophetic blowout. So if you want to hang out in the presence of the Lord, you know, it's January, and it's, a, it's the best time to get your bearing for the year. That was weak. It's a real good time to get your bearing for the year. So if you want to take advantage of that, uh, we're here today. We'll be gone Tuesday. And uh, Deacon Joyce already told me, leave this warm weather here with you all. Yes, I brought her from California, my wife and I. You're welcome, by the way. You're welcome. We just want to sow it into you, that's all. So. Enjoy it while you can. Let's read the scriptures, please. Ephesians 3. Thank God for this church. This is our church. This is our church. We are your West Coast pastors, and uh, we bring the sunshine. In Jesus' name. Ephesians 3, we're going to read from the Amplified Classic Version because the text, the language is so rich. Want to understand some things this morning? And the scripture says, verse 12, in whom, because of our faith in him, we dare to have the boldness, courage, and confidence of free access and unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. So I ask you not to lose heart, not to faint, or become despondent through fear at what I'm suffering in your behalf. Rather, glory in it, for it is an honor to you. Don't, don't cry any tears over me. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I am, yes, chained between two Roman guards, but I'm in the will of God. And it's an honor to you. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ for whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory 
to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Verse 17, may Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. Verse 18, that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and height and depth of it that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us right now is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, infinitely beyond our highest desires, infinitely beyond our highest thoughts, infinitely beyond our highest hopes, infinitely beyond our highest dreams. The Lord told me to tell you at the beginning of this year that he is a God of the beyond. Let's make it personal. He's a God of your beyond. If you're listening to credible prophetic voices, the word is consistent for this year. This is the year of increase. It is the year of God. We've seen what we can do. Now we're going to see what he can do. Three of you said amen. Three of you said amen because some of you like what you're doing. Let me say it again. We've seen what we can do. Now it's time to see what he can do. This is, in fact, the year of the harvest. And the Lord spoke to me, said, Chandler, this is the year when I'm going to reveal myself as the God of the beyond. And let's let's unpack this 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 morning so we can have clarity and uh, just just be blessed by this, that God is personally going to reveal to you. He's the God of the beyond. How do we receive this magnificent revelation? Well, I, I pray often the Pauline prayers. Well, I pray for you, my church. I pray for the Pauline. I pray the Pauline prayers. I, I believe it's important to be scriptural. People pray a lot of things, but I think it's important to be biblical. I think this this book really is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It is, in fact, our guidebook. It is, in fact, the truth. Not a truth. It is the truth. Not one of many truths. It is the truth. Are are some of you all awake? Can we serve Starbucks or something? You get Dunkin' Donuts. Some of you just, mm, you're a little bit groggy. God 
inspires and instructs us in how to pray the Holy Spirit told Paul what to pray for this, the young fledgling churches. He prayed for the Ephesians, right? Chapter 1, chapter 3. You know, the, the song we sing, Open the Eyes of My Heart, that's scriptural. That came from the prayer in chapter 1. Praying biblically, and, and also Colossians chapter 1, and Philippians chapter 1, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and Romans chapter 15, verse 13, that the God of hope would give us all joy and peace as we believe. Not just believe, but you have joy and peace. Some of us need some joy and peace right now. That's why I pray that for you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All kind of gifts today. Praise the Lord. And, and so, and so from this passage in Ephesians, one of the apostles prayers, let's understand who the God of the beyond is. So number one, look at your notes, please. And if you have a pen or pencil, you can, you can write the answers down. God wants to reveal to you, number one, we understand from this passage, number one, the greatness of the power at work within us. The greatness of the power at work within us. In verse, in verse 20, the apostle Paul says, the crescendo of this prayer, the apostle Paul says, this is the same power that's already at work within you. This power he's referring to is in reference to the power he prays about in chapter 1, he says that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And the same power that raised him from the dead and sat him at the right hand of the Father is in you. Tell somebody he's talking about me right now. That power is in me. But think of this. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Imagine this. He was surrounded by the strongest demons ever created, trying to hold him down, and he broke out. They didn't know what hit him. Before they knew it, he was God rising again until he landed at the right hand of the Father where he ever lives making intercession for you and for me. That same power, say that same power, power. is in you. So Paul says, you need to understand what's in you. So number one, right? That the greatness of the power. And he says, he says, you need to know God's super, write down super, his super abundance. He is a super abundant God. We're not talking about your daddy, not talking about your uncle, not talking about your grandpappy. We're not talking about your abuelito. We're talking about the super abundant God. who is all-powerful, almighty. Number three, that he is able to do above and beyond. He is able to do above and beyond. Even what you dare ask and think. Now, some of you in this room have done some, some 
muy stupido things, stupid things. It's because somebody dared you. Well, this is even beyond your, 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 your greatest dare that's ever been broached to you. He's able to do. Say he's able to do it. Far above and beyond all that you dare, even dare to ask it. Number four, he wants to do infinitely beyond. He wants to do infinitely beyond our highest and you fill in the blanks. Whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is you need from God, fill in the blanks, fill it in because he wants to do infinitely beyond that. Tell somebody that's good news. That's, that's, that's real good news. So now let's, let's walk through this passage and understand even better. So Roman number two, the triune God, very important for you to understand this. There's no division here. The triune God is united and committed to this profound personal revelation in us. We heard, we heard that Paul is praying to the father, to the father, the father of all fathers, the father of all fatherhood, the father of all family, everything that's family. He started it. He prays to the Father, and then it says in verse 17, or rather verse 16, that it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. And then in verse 17, it culminates with Christ by faith dwelling in our hearts. Father, Holy Spirit, and Son, all in agreement. Committed to you knowing yourself, the God of the beyond. So, write this in if you want to. This is the highest priority in the Godhead. This is the highest priority in the Godhead. Roman number three, the Holy Spirit activates. Now, now you that are just stirring yourself, you know, waking up now, now's the time to wake up. Just because it's going to get good right now. The Holy Spirit activates and supervises this revelation in our lives. The Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all will, will, will feel it better when we say the, say the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Some of y'all don't know the Holy Ghost. We, we didn't grow up with the Holy Spirit. We, we met him as adults. We only knew the Holy Ghost. He haunted us. <laughs> and I'm praying that he will lovingly haunt you. To believe God and to receive the God of the beyond. He's not Casper. If you're laughing, you're older, you're old enough to know who Casper the friendly ghost was. Some of y'all only know who Harry Potter is. We knew Casper before Harry Potter. So in, in order for the Holy Spirit to activate and supervise the revelation in our personal lives, write this down, number one, he must go deep within us. No, this is where it's going to get good. He must go deep within us. He must go deep. Verse 16, may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, indwelling your innermost being and personality. In other, in other words, for him to bring to bear revelation about the God of the beyond, he's got to go deep inside you and me. 
Superficial won't do, surface won't do, shallow won't get the job done. The Holy Ghost must go deep, say deep. We must see him go deep inside us. Number two, number two, we must give him permission. He's not a bully. He's not a witch. He's not a warlock. He's not, he's not a manipulator because biblically speaking, all manipulation is witchcraft. It may be what your family does. It may be what happens in your marriage. It may be what happens in your, your parenting. It may be what happens in your life, but it's witchcraft. That's why God himself allowed Adam and Eve to choose for themselves that fateful day. He stood back and he let them have that conversation with Satan the serpent and let them choose for themselves. Why? Because God is a perfect gentleman. He never forces that's why the Bible clearly says in Romans 8 and 14, they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God, not pushed. Anything pushy is not from God. Any voice that's pushy, anything that's, that's just trying to cajole you and coerce you is never from God. He leads. He offers. If my people... If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, if, if, in other words, it's on you. Draw near to me. Then I'll draw near to you. It's on you. But, but let me, let me, let me describe my theological quandary. I'm like, and I fuss with God about this many times. And I'm still fussing sometimes. Lord, why don't you just make me a robot? I don't like this volition will stuff. I believe, Lord, why don't you just tell me what to do and make me do it? Now some of y'all woke up because, you know, you feel my pain. Lord, wouldn't it be so much easier for moi if you just put in a disc program me and make me do it. I don't, because sometimes I haven't decided perfectly. I'm not the only one. And I regret some decision. I wish I could rewind the clock and go back. I wish there was such a thing as being able to, you know, go back to the future. I'd love to be Michael J. Fox and go back to the future. Redo some things in college. Oh, college. Oh, Jesus, college. Oh, my Lord. Save us from college. And, and, but, but you know what? He won't give me that. He won't do that for me. He won't answer that prayer. He refuses because to do that would mean that I could not willingly offer my heart to him. That I, that I, that it, it would be disrespectful of him. It would be dishonoring of him to, to us because he made us in his image. We're just like him. When you see him, you're going to see you look just like him. Some of you are like, oh, no. 
Oh, God, I thought it was better than that. Don't worry, you're going to get a new body. Don't worry. You'll get a perfect body. Don't worry. No Botox necessary. No makeup necessary. No fitness regimes in January, forgotten in February. You've got three days to continue with your fitness regime before February arrives. We must give him permission. Tell the person next to you, you must give him permission. Number three, he needs to invade. Please write that down. He needs to invade. Say invade. He needs to invade our innermost being and personality. Let me read verse 17 again. May Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide. Actually, verse 16 is what I meant to say. Verse 16. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man. Say the inner man. Or the inner woman. However you want to, you know, however you want to couch it. By the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. Himself. Say himself. Indwelling your innermost being and personality. For God to show you that he is the God of the beyond, he's got to get into your personality. And the fun begins. He needs to get his hands on who you really are. Now, please understand, he accepts us just the way we are. Isn't that great? That's really good. He accepts us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us like that. And there is this need, say need, for him to invade. There needs to be an invasion into your personality, into my personality. Some of us just need to change. Nobody said amen. Some, yep, yep. Mm, mm. I hope he's listening. It is 9.30. Teachers and children, you are dismissed. Have a great time. Thank God for our beautiful children. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you all. We give you grace. We say abundant life. Abundant life to you. Abundant life to our children. Abundant life. Grace abounding, grace abounding, finding strength in Christ, strength you've never known before. The mind of Christ, the mind of Christ being revealed to every one of our children. You, amen. Maybe you shouldn't take him. He's my amen, my amen corner. Maybe you should take him. Hallelujah. Bye. Glory. Can we talk about our personality right now? That the scriptures say that God needs to go there. Tell the person next to you, God needs to go there. Because see, we have our ways. Our personality speaks of our ways, our propensities, our idiosyncrasies, our habits, our behavioral stuff. It, it speaks of, of our proclivities. What we're prone to do, what, what we find ourselves doing, even before we realize we've done it. And some of us don't realize we've even done it. You know, like somebody who wakes up from a hangover, right? 
and, 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 and they're, 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 they're told what they did the night before? I did. Me? No. Couldn't be. Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Wasn't you? They didn't know they stole the cookie from the cookie jar. It was them. They're in shock. They're aghast. Like, oh no, you, you, you must be kidding. Yeah. We do some things and it's personality stuff. It's, it's just ways and habits. It's, and it's, it's cultural sometimes. And we say, well, that's just, that's just my family. Or, or I'm just Haitian. Or I'm Nigerian. I found out, I found out two years ago while I was preaching in a Nigerian church in, in, uh, where was I? Yeah, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Preaching a, well, predominantly Nigerian church, there are Canadians and everybody else there too, but big, 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 it's the largest African church in Malaysia and preaching there. I, and I just got the DNA results. Uh, my, my brother did it and say mom and dad, and I'm mostly Nigerian. And all the Nigerians said, we knew it. We knew it. They even told me what tribe I'm from. They said, they act just like you. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was a compliment or what were they saying about me? Why can't I come from the other majority tribe? Why do you always say that one? It is what it is. I embrace it. God did it. God did it. I'm also Ghanaian, by the way, so you know, y'all calm down. So that was my secondary offense, and so. Hallelujah. I need somebody to claim me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Finally. Porphine. Hallelujah. But God needs to invade that stuff. And maybe the way I act is the reason is the reason I found out through Ancestry.com. It's okay to be who you are. It's okay to be Norwegian. It's okay to be Italian. It's okay to be English. It's okay to be Stoic. Just like God sanctified. Let God invade it. Because for God to show you who he really is, he's got to heal you of your personality stuff. He's got to heal you of that which is crude and harsh and, and wrong in your culture. Yes. But you're, you, you cannot be a cultural Christian. You have to be blood-bought and blood-taught. And that you are like Christ more than you are Ghanaian. More than you are Zimbabwean. More than you are South African. More than you are French. You must be like Christ. More than you are Puerto Rican or or from the DR or or from Argentina, whatever, wherever you hail from. You must be like Jesus. First. And before God can reveal that he is all that in your life, you've got to surrender your culture at the altar. Amen. 
and let God get his hands literally on your personality. Why you do what you do? Why you say what you do? Why you say it that way? There was a way to say it. That was not the right way. I know all about that. The excuse, well, I'm just like my father. That gets old. Because you have a new father. When are you going to become like him? We recognize your earthly father. When are we going to see any evidence of your heavenly father? Or mother. Or mother. Though he is a many-breasted God. See, God's perfection. God God has male characteristics and female. You better be glad. He sent the Holy Spirit. He could have sent somebody else. He must invade, say invade. I mean, there needs to be a landing at Normandy in your life. There's got to be a beachhead that's built by the Lord in your life where he's taking ground and you're surrendering ground. And it's ongoing and you're going from faith to faith and glory to glory and strength to strength. And you must give him permission or it won't happen. And you'll never fully realize that he's a God of the beyond in your life. Because all that stuff is just stubbornness and resistance and independence. I'm so glad for Pastor Elder Anita, she's my amen. Constant, the baby left. Thank you. Pick up your offering after church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Depends on how much they give me, though. But okay, but, but you're cut. Uh, he, he needs to invade our innermost being. See, he's targeting our innermost being and personality. Number four, number four. He only comes to make us better. Not to hurt you, to make you better. Not, not, not to hinder anything in your life, but to make you better so that everything good can flow. That nothing good will be withheld from you. Is that okay? Let's finish. Now, the goal, Roman number four, the goal of the Holy Spirit's work is to make Christ feel at home in our heart. Verse 17 says, may Christ through your faith actually dwell down Dwell, rather, settle down, abide, make us permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely in love. Let me read it from the New Living Translation, New Living Translation, Ephesians 3.17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. So the Holy Spirit must work so Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. Watch this. Look at your notes. So that Christ can be comfortable in our hearts and make his permanent abode there. Number two, just because he's in our heart does not mean he likes everything there. Let's be clear. When he comes in, he comes in. Hallelujah. 
When he comes in, he comes in. Hallelujah. When he comes in, he comes in. It doesn't mean he's happy with everything there. Is that a shock to you? Four of you said no. Remember, he, he accepts us just the way we are. He loves us too much to leave us like sin. Is Christ comfortable in my heart? I'm giving myself, making excuses for myself, but is he comfortable? Is he comfortable with that attitude? Is he comfortable with that way of doing things? Is he comfortable with the way I said that? Is he comfortable with the way I did that? I used to, I was notorious, I used to beat people up prophetically. Some pastors would bring me in to deal with their problem cases. They say Chandler will have discernment and he will, he will get them today. <laughs> Chandler will discern. He'll see it. And he will call them out. And then God began to minister to me. God, God, God had to send some, some prophetic people who were of a different complexion to help me. Because my background was harsh. My culture was harsh. My culture was legalistic. I'm not the only one. My culture was religious. My culture was in bondage. And and it was get them. It was just, you know, condemn them and damn them and you're going to hell and and I'm going to deliver you there myself and make sure you get there. I don't want any mistakes. No one will drop the ball. I'm delivering you myself. So a prophet's like, ah, God's going to, ah, God's like this, God's going to, oh, oh, and, and God let some, some prophetic people come to my life who ministered in grace and the mercy of the Lord and unconditional love. And I saw the same word said in love and the person that received it, received it. Rather than saying, get away from me. Rather than being offended, they received the word of the Lord. I said, that's better. So the prophet does not get shot. Being me. Two uh, scholars from Harvard wrote a, I'm sorry they went to Harvard, it's not my fault. But but two two scholars from Harvard, maybe they can get in Yale, I don't know. But 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 two scholars from Harvard, well, you know, gotta go where you gotta go. So two scholars from Harvard uh, did an incredible study, wrote a book, said how not to get shot. And, and they're, they're, you know, as a presenter, when you have to present bad news uh, to a group, to a company, at a board meeting, whether to a church, there's a way not to get shot. So they don't shoot, they don't shoot the bearer of the news. You know, it's just your job to be the one to bear it, to bring it, but, but you shouldn't get shot. Right? And so, and so, you know, 
there's a way to do it. And, and, and so God began to teach me, Chandler, you don't have to get shot. People don't have to be angry with you because you came in town. Like Chandler, I'm love. Like Chandler, I always have hope. No matter what the prophetic word is, there's always hope. God always gives us a chance to repent. There's always grace. He's trying to find a way to give you mercy. The whole, the reason he's confronting you is it's his mercy. It's his unconditional love. If he was done with you, he wouldn't even be talking to you. Hallelujah. So God began to change the way I prophesied to people because he began to change my heart. Because you prophesy what you are. Oh, blessed be the name. You minister what you are. You minister what's in you. Why are people always offended by what I say? Because you're offensive. You're offensive. Well, I just need to hear from God. No, that's not God. That's your mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your grandmother. Yeah. Nobody liked her either. But she was mightily used of God. You know, she's mightily used of a bad attitude and a hurtful spirit. And she was condemnatory and judgmental. And she was miserable. So she tried to steal it on everybody else. Stick with your notes, Chandler, so you don't get shot. Anyway, <clears throat> let me finish. Just because he's in our heart does not mean he likes everything good. So number five, God wants us to experience his love. Number one, he wants us to experience, write this down, every dimension of it. Let me read from the Amplified Version, verses 18 and 19. Be fully capable this is his prayer. This is his prayer. That you be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, all God's people, the width and length and height and depth of his love. The width and length and height and depth of his love. The width and length and height and depth of his love. Fully experiencing, fully experiencing that amazing endless love. And that you may become, you may come to know practically. Not because somebody told you about it. Not because somebody preached it to you. Not because you read it in a book. It's your practical experience. This is, this is what you have walked through. That, why? Well, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up, filled up throughout your entire being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your life, completely filled and flooded with God himself. The point of this all is for God to flood us with his love. When the Holy Spirit comes in to invade and puts his hands and points at things and says that needs to change and that has to go, he is not being punitive. He is not penalizing us. He is simply clearing the way so that love can invade. He said, that won't allow you to experience love. Because that's your identity. What you just did is in your identity. I need to change your identity. We need to reimagine who you are. 
Because who you think you are is not who you are. But preach about that in the second service. If you want to hang out with God this afternoon. I'm just saying, we'll be here. God wants to give us such a measure of understanding regarding his love because that's what will conclude in us being filled with God because, duh, God is love. Let's finish this and give you the answers and everybody's happy. No, no, I've learned, I better give the answers because you that are, you that are OCD will be mad at me if I don't give you every answer. God will not be ruling and reigning if you don't get every answer. So I'm not trying to make fun of you, but I, but I don't want to get shot either. I've learned. Don't get shot. Give the answers. Real simple. So, number one, write this down. This is practical. This is practical. I'll come back and I'll mention this again. Number two, number two, this is personal. It's personal. It's personal. But this revelation of amazing love, this is, and, and, and God being, the God of beyond, this is personal. Number three, number three, this is beyond head knowledge. It's beyond head knowledge. It's beyond head knowledge. Number four, this takes place in the heart. Not in your intellect. What God does is not in your intellect. Number five, this fills us with God himself because God is love. The goal is to fill us with God himself because God is love. And, and this love manifests in joy. Jesus, others, and you. Now, this is based upon the, the first and second greatest commandments, which Jesus talked about in, in, in all the synoptic gospels. And, and Moses talked about the greatest commandment. Well, say it with me, that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your might, and all your strength. Say it again, that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your might, with all your strength. That this is the greatest commandment. That, that we love God with everything. But equally important, Jesus said. Equally important that you love others. But the scripture does not stop there. It's not just Jesus and others. As you love yourself. If you don't love yourself. If you don't love yourself. And that's the problem with many of us who have been raised in a church like me. I've never loved myself. Because the, the person I heard preach about from the pulpit was unlovable. Heavy, heavy. The person, the, the people I heard preached about from the pulpit were despicable, just rats. Every Sunday, what a wretch you are. Every Sunday? That's me every Sunday? When am I going to be redeemed? How many Sundays does it take for me to be redeemed? Let me come back when you preach that sermon. How many of you know we're redeemed? By the blood of the Lamb. How many of you know he is a holy redeemer? It's one of his titles. He's a holy redeemer. He redeems stuff. 
He loves to do it. He gets joy doing it. And, and so there, there was this need for us to, to, to let that sink in. And so, yes, love Jesus. Yes, love Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus and, and spend time in worship with him. But also, also love one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joy also has the O in the middle, others. There'll be no joy until you learn how to love others. And some of you will say, I love my daddy. I love Father God. I don't like my sisters and brothers. You will never, you will never even meet the God of the beyond until you learn how to love others, learn how to forgive, learn how to give grace. But your culture, your family culture didn't give grace. So you got to learn a whole brand new way of living. It's in the Bible. Amazing. But also you must love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, it, it, it disables you. Because the love you give to somebody else is, is going to be so broken and so negative. So negative. And you can't help yourself. You're going to say something negative. You can't help yourself. Because what's in you has to come out. And even when you try to bless somebody, it won't be a pure blessing because you're saying And you don't love yourself. You have a love-hate relationship with yourself. And you love the Lord with all your heart. And you're trying to love others. But you know you don't love him. You know how impatient you are with yourself. How critical you are of yourself. How unforgiving you are of yourself. How intolerant you are of yourself. How you beat yourself down when you make a mistake. Humans make mistakes. Get over it. It's a part of being human. That's why I told him to make me a robot. Just make me a robot. So how do I love me in my perfection? You, lo- you learn to love yourself because Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. Because they are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Me? Yes, Jesus loves me. But why? Can't you see how unlovable I am? Have you been asleep? But love covers a multitude of faults. Three of you said amen. It's love manifest in joy. Jesus, others, yourself. Number seven, write the answers in your umbrella. He wants to go beyond. He will go beyond. even further, even further than what we had anticipated and hoped for. See, this is a revelation. He's going to go beyond. Say beyond. You've got your prayer list. He's going beyond. I just came to tell you. Just came to tell you prophetically. Your prayer list is nice, but it will not bind him and limit him. Tell somebody he's going beyond. 
Number four, number four. See, this is the problem, though. The scope of our prayers could potentially, could potentially personally adversely affect our beyond. It could potentially. The scope, say the scope. The scope of our prayers. Maybe the thing that's hindering your manifestation, the answer is is not that God's delaying. It's not that God is saying no. It's that God is saying, I can't bless that because that is not, that's too small. You're not praying to the God of the beyond. You're not praying to the God of the beyond. I want you to pray to me, the God of the beyond. What you just prayed to, you can manage that yourself. You don't need me. I want you to pray that that reveals the reality that you need me. That you recognize he's the God of the beyond, so let me pray beyond what I've been praying. Let me enlarge the scope, the breadth, the width, the height, the depth of my prayers. Let me believe what I've never been believing before. Let me go for broke. Let me walk on the water because he is a God of the beyond. Some of you have never, you, you, you get to the water and you just put your toe in it. It's time to start walking. It's time to even imagine walking because God said he's going to show you if you let him that he will take you even beyond, even beyond. Number four, permit him. Number five, number five, number five, permit him to go beyond. Number six, now you're free to hope, dream, and imagine again. So I want to do a quick altar call. You, you need a longer one, you have to come back second service. And, and I, I hope you do, I hope you do. Because see, some of you need to simmer in the presence of God because he wants to talk to you lovingly about your attitude. He wants to talk to you about your personality and how it's blocking you. Because the, the longer, hear me, the longer you act like your daddy and your mama, the more you prevent his love from manifesting in you. Because you're depending on that. Your faith is in that. Your identity is in the fact that you're Jones. or Smith, or McGillicuddy. And he wants your claim to fame to be, I'm looking more like him. I'm acting more like him. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to confront me about some things so Christ will feel comfortable in my heart. How many of you want Jesus to be comfortable in your heart? how many of you say it matters to you that Jesus is comfortable in your heart? Bow your heads, please. I just want to pray for you. If, if you respond and be honest. How many of you realize today that you need to give the Holy Spirit, for some of you, the Holy Ghost, if that's what you better understand. You need to give him permission. You, you, you need to give him access that he is and he is he is going to be granted access to your heart sweetheart preach good let the Lord use you how many of you realize there's some 
There's some things the Holy Ghost needs to get his hands on your personality. If you know that, stand up. If you have to think about it, you need to be standing. There's some things that... See, because when, when we identify with a particular behavior that is not like Christ, and we are, we are putting our faith in that, in that culture, in that way, not in him. Not in him. And it blocks his love. It, it, it blocks his ability to love us and to show us his love. He loves us, don't get me wrong, but it, it blocks his ability to, to let us experience that love because we're, we're depending on something else and not him. It's blocking our ability to hear from him, to even hear that he loves us. He must, he must teach you to love yourself because then you will begin to understand. But the best person to give you a revelation of his love for you is you. That as you forgive his, forgive, receive his forgiveness and, and receive his grace and receive his mercy, it does something to you. And then freely have you received Freely you will give. Because you can't give what you don't have. If you have not received mercy, you can't give it. But if you don't think you need mercy, you are most blind of all. How many of you thank God for his mercy? Yeah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. And as we understand his mercy, understand his loving kindness, understand his unconditional love, understand his grace, it opens the door for God himself to come in and reveal. See, because now, now he can move in power and might. And bring the miracles. Because otherwise we would try to claim credit for it. Or, or give honor and glory to our family. Or our culture. So he's got to wait until we understand mercy. Then we'll give all the glory to him. We'll give him the praise. We'll give him the honor. So he's held up. Until he can get us to love ourselves. Even though he is working on those things. How can I love myself while he is working on something in me? How can I accept myself like he does when he is working on something in me? It, it seems that they the, the concepts are mutually exclusive. How can I love me through his eyes when he needs to work on this in me? How can I stop rejecting myself even though he's working on something in me? You can if you understand his sovereign 
His judgment is the only true judgment. And he says you're lovely and lovable and worthy of love because of Jesus in you. Then that all us settle it. But he has to work in us until it's settled. I blew it. Yeah, royally. But he still loves me. He still loves me. He still loves me. Would you raise your hands with me? I would prophesy at 2 o'clock, but I can't have another service because it, there's a message of love in here for many of us. Would you raise your hands and just receive his love? He's got to invade. He's got to invade your German background and bring his love to bear. He's got to invade your Latino foundation and bring his love to bear. He's teaching some of you today to start making baby steps at forgiving yourself for being human. Being human. Humans who need a savior. Duh. That's why he's a savior. Duh. Because we need one. Duh. We need a healer. Duh. We need a deliverer. Duh. You allow him to be himself. Hallelujah. And all his glory and greatness. And he loves to come and be himself in our lives. Would you right now just begin to repent of self-hatred? If that's true, begin to repent of self-hatred, self-loathing. Be overly critical with yourself. Go ahead, repent, repent. You perfectionists in the house like me. Repent, repent right now. For your faulty theology, your bad theology that omits, that omits his grace. Omits his mercy. And when he sits, he is seated on the mercy seat and you're saying his mercy doesn't apply to me, not fully. He's on the throne of grace right now. Not, not judgment. Grace. Lift your hands. Receive it. Receive it right now. Receive it. Receive from him who right now sits on the mercy seat. Right now. Right now. Right now. Get a revelation of him. Get a revelation of the one who literally sits on the mercy seat. Who right now is seated at the throne of grace. He's on it. He's ruling from a throne of grace right now. Right now. Right now. Because you, if you don't let him reveal how much he loves you, it greatly limits what he can do for you. And in you and through you. You have to tell the Lord, to, Lord, forgive me for being so hard on myself. And everybody else around me, Lord. Would you receive his love right now? Receive it. Let him wrap his arms around you right now. I know you're trying hard to be holy, but you know what? Only he is holy. <laughs> his love reveals his holiness. If you receive his love, he can make you holy on the inside. Hallelujah. Receive his love. Receive his love. 
receive his love. Because on the heels of that is a God of the beyond. It opens the door. It paves the way for him to reveal he's the God of the beyond. So the Holy Spirit comes in to remove anything that would simply hinder you from knowing you are loved. That's all. That your life is not based upon your academic success and your career prowess and, and your, your intelligence, but that your life is built upon his grace and his mercy. And you're bragging about his grace more than you're bragging about your grades. Come on, I, I can't hear anybody in this. I can't, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. What a burden is being lifted from you today that you can get over your perfectionism and you can, you can wholly lean on him, on him, on him, on him, on him. Right now, I rebuke a spirit of religion in the name of Jesus. I, I come against a stronghold of religion. I, I come against a stronghold of of that critical spirit I come against you in the name of Jesus you are the antichrist you are the antichrist Christ is not critical I come against a merciless spirit I come against a joyless spirit because the joy of the Lord is our strength in the name of Jesus and even when God rebukes us, Nehemiah said, Nehemiah said, people stop crying because, because God is just happy that you have an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the church. And he's not mad. He's rejoicing that your heart is receiving. Come on, worship that God. Worship the God of mercy. Worship the God of love. Worship the God of unfailing love the God who's going to reveal himself thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus loves me enough to change me. He loves me enough to change me. He loves me enough to work in my heart. He loves me enough so he can reveal his greatness. I can't hear you. Some of you, some of you must not have heard the message you, you, maybe your spirit didn't get it maybe your spirit didn't get it maybe your intellect is blocking the possibility that he loves you receive his love right now receive his love receive his love right now receive his love right now a new revelation the breath the width the depth the height the expansiveness of his love the greatness of his love the mercy in his love, the grace in his love. Listen, 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you, let you, let you go. One time, a, a prophet of the Lord spoke to me prophetically and said that Chandler, the devil doesn't have to condemn you. You do his work for him. You, you beat yourself up worse than anybody. You pound yourself and pulverize yourself. So if he can convince me that he loves me, you're without excuse. Repeat up to me, Lord. Thank you that you are sovereign. We yield. We bow down to your sovereignty. And if you say, if you say, if it is your opinion that we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, then we are redeemed. Sovereign one, if you say, and your judgment is perfect, that we are worthy of your love, then it's settled. And it's being settled. If you say, by the precious blood of the Lamb, that we are forgiven, that we are forgiven, period. And if you say that there is no way that we can earn your love even through fasting and through prayer and, and through consecration and through wearing holy clothes, if there's no way we can earn your love, then we, we're going to let that be settled, Lord. Would you tell three people around you, I'm loved by him.